Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show lined up for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will... Get us up to date on what's happening here locally as well. It is June the 22nd, and on this day in 1611, after spending a winter trapped by ice in present-day Hudson Bay, the starving crew of the Discovery mutinied against its captain, English navigator Henry Hudson, and set him, his teenage son, and seven supporters adrift in a small open boat. Hudson and the eight survivors, eight others, were never seen again. Two years earlier, in 1609, Hudson sailed to the Americas to find a northwest passage to Asia after repeatedly failing in his efforts to find a northeast ocean passage exploring the uh, northern American coast. He entered the present-day Chesapeake Bay, Delaware, and New York Bays and then uh, became the first European to ascend to what is now called the Hudson River. His voyage, which was financed by the Dutch, was the basis of Holland's later claims to the region. His fourth expedition, financed by adventures from England, set out from London on April 17, 1610. Sailing back across the Atlantic, Hudson resumed his efforts to find the Northwest Passage, but Greenland and Labrador, he entered, uh, between Greenland and Labrador, he entered the present-day Hudson Strait, and by it reached Hudson Bay. After three months of exploration, the discovery was caught in too far from open sea where winter was set in, and in November, Hudson's men were forced to haul it ashore and set up a winter camp. Uh, lacking food or supplies, the expedition greatly suffered in the extreme cold. Many of the crew held Hudson responsible for their misfortune, and on June the 22nd, 1611, uh, with the coming of uh, summer, they mutinied against him. The discovery later returned to England, and its crew was arrested for mutiny. Although Henry Hudson was never seen again, his discoveries gave England its claim to the rich Hudson Valley, uh, Bay Valley and region. Interesting story. Well, uh, the Northern uh, National Test Scores yesterday, the new national data, revealed the average test scores for 13-year-olds in math and reading fell to their lowest levels in decades. The declines were across the board, regardless of gender, race, or region, Math and reading scored drops by uh, nine and four points, respectively. The lowest performing students scored at levels not seen since the 1970s when the assessment first began. Now officials say the data shows kids are struggling to make up for lost learning during COVID. <clears throat> Again, uh, more on Fauci and others who uh, put us through that uh, needless and senseless the lockdowns and uh, masking and all the other nonsense that went on. Well, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer vowed Tuesday the committee would continue to investigate President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden despite the sweetheart plea deal announced for the latter. 
He said in a statement, let's be clear, the Department of Justice uh, charges against uh, President Biden's son, Hunter, reveal the two-tiered system of justice. Hunter Biden is getting away with a slap on the wrist when growing evidence and uncovered by the House Oversight Committee reveals the Bidens engaged in a pattern of corruption, influence peddling, and possibly bribery. These charges against Hunter and uh, the sweetheart uh, plea deal have no impact on the Oversight Committee's investigation. We will not rest until we uh, get the full extent of President Biden's involvement in the family schemes until they're revealed. <clears throat> the plea deal will likely involve uh, Hunter Biden admitting to misdemeanor charges that will keep him from uh, jail and will avoid a trial. Uh, President Biden could pardon his son at any point, avoiding the criminal consequences. The plea deal comes just weeks after the Justice Department indicted former President Donald Trump on 37 felony charges related to his handling of allegedly classified documents that amount to 400 years in jail if convicted. And the Oversight Committee recently unearthed an FBI document that memorialized a conversation in June 2020 with an FBI informant who alleged that the then-CEO of a Ukrainian natural gas company said he paid Joe and Hunter Biden $5 million each uh, uh, for help on a corruption investigation and other issues between 2016 and 15 and 16. The committee also unearthed 20 shell companies it said was wired money from foreign entities to nine Biden family members. Oh, there's uh, guilt written all over this in investigation, and yet... Uh, the Justice Department totally ignored it. Well, we'll see what happens uh, when the sentencing occurs. I think it's in a, uh, this is going to happen in July <clears throat> for Hunter Biden. Search crews desperately racing against time to save uh, passages on the missing Titanic-bound sub had three U.S. Air Force planes deliver critical equipment and tools to Canada late on Tuesday as what was described as a last chance to rescue them. The massive C-17 Globemasters, which are believed to have flown from New Jersey and North Carolina, landed late Tuesday in St. John's Airport in Newfoundland, where they were met by several flatbed trucks, according to the UK's Metro. The cargo was frantically placed on the trucks, which made their way uh, with a police escort to the awaiting Horizon Arctic, a Canadian uh, supply ship that set sail soon afterward on a 15-hour, 400-mile voyage to the area where the Ocean Gate Expedition's Titans uh, were missing, went missing. So this is a last-ditch effort, obviously, to uh, f save the people there. They are hearing some banging. Now, <clears throat> there's no proof that it, uh, it's totally related. It could be a separate uh, noise from another ship. But irrespective, there's little hope at this point. But uh, nevertheless, they're doing whatever they can to save the people on Ocean Gate. Well, a top official with the FBI has filed a protected disclosure to the Office of the Inspector General alleging that FBI Director, Deputy Director Paul Abadi told the Bureau's internal critics of its January 6th related cases to seek employment elsewhere and offered to personally address his subordinates against uh, agents' concerns. Uh, in a uh, sworn affidavit, the 15-year veteran FBI special agent alleges that during a routine meeting in February 2021, uh, addressed internal concerns that the Bureau had not taken the same approach to its investigations into the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot as it did with the 2020 riots and protests related to George Floyd. Uh, the deputy director of Batty told the audience that anyone who questions the FBI's response 
on his decisions regarding the response to January 6th did not belong in the FBI and should be find a different job or something to that effect, the whistleblower said. So just more proof that, again, the whole thing was orchestrated in a way to, again, to frame uh, Donald Trump. Well, uh, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi arrived in the United States yesterday, and oh, I should say on Tuesday, and tonight he'll be feeded at a, a state dinner, making him only the third world leader to get one during Joe Biden's presidency. While we don't know whether the guest of honor will enjoy a saffron-infused risotto, we do know what he'll be taking, talking about in, in between bites, deepening economic ties between the United States and India. One major topic will be, guess, uh, will be a guest not invited, and that's China. With U.S.-China relations fraught, American companies are now looking to diversify their manufacturing base, and India has been seizing the opportunity that it provides. India and the United States are already plenty economically intertwined, especially in the tech sector. Apple has shifted some of its iPhone production from China to India, and CEO Tim Cook attended the opening of the nation's first Apple store in April. After uh, about half of IBM's workforce is located in India, I did not know that. That's amazing. Half of IBM's workforce. Around 60 Fortune 500 companies are run by CEOs of Indian origin, including Google, Google and Adobe, and with CEOs from Apple, Microsoft, FedEx, and Marriott among the anticipated guests at tonight's gala per CNBC. The relationship will only get stronger. New deals are expected to be announced during uh, Modi's stay, and he's hoping to return with a promise from Tesla. The prime minister met with self-proclaimed Modi fan uh, Elon Musk on Tuesday, and uh, Musk said Modi pushed for significant investments in India, which Musk said he intends to make. The Tesla CEO said the company will be in India as soon as humanly possible. Permission to uh, manufacture military jet engines. It's been the work for a while, uh, in the works for a while, but the Biden administration will probably officially authorize General Electric to make F-414 engines in India, a necessary step since defense technology is heavily regulated. So as... uh, Tensions develop and and grow between China and the United States. Uh, Closer ties are developing with India. Well, there's uh, been hundreds of known suspected terrorists apprehended at the northern and southern borders into the current fiscal year, according to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection data. As foreign nationals illegally enter the United States and are apprehended, U.S. Customs and Border Protection Office of Field Operations agents screen them against a federal terrorist screening data set, which includes sensitive information about terrorist identities. It originated as a uh, consolidated terrorist list, which to house information on known or suspected terrorists, or KSTs they're called, uh, but has been involved over the last decade to include additional individuals who represent a potential threat to the United States, including known affiliates of watch-listed individuals. As of June 15th, OFO agents apprehended 53 KSTs at Southwest Border or Port of Entry and 284 at the Northern Border Port of Entry, a total of 337 Uh They also apprehended uh, 125 KSTs between the port of entry at the southern border and two uh, between ports of entry and the northern border, a total of 127 KSTs fiscal year to date, which I think the fiscal year started in October. Combined, they apprehended a 464 known suspected terrorists. 
These are known suspected terrorists entering the United States. We haven't had a, a major terrorist outbreak here in the United States for a while, but it looks like there's a real opportunity for that to develop if we're not careful and if we don't keep our eyes wide open and start to protect our borders. <clears throat> Representative Adam Schiff has now uh, been censored by the House of Representatives for his role peddling the Russia hoax against President Donald Trump. He also misrepresented the telephone call between Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky, which led to the first impeachment against the 45th president. The news comes a week after a measure to find shift $16 million failed after the protests of Democrats and dissenters supporting Republicans, such as Thomas Massey. They left the censorship. Shift uh, was uh, championed by Representative Anna Paulina Luna. Schiff himself said he considered a badge of honor for this uh, uh, being rebuffed by the House. Uh, but maybe that represents uh, honor among thieves. Who knows? In any event, Schiff, he's, uh, he is so dishonest that uh, you can't believe anything that he says. It's too bad. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us uh, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, terrific organization doing so much for public education here in Florida schools. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the, on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Um, Florida Citizens Alliance is a coalition of... Uh, of now over 250,000 people here in Florida. Wow. Um, two-thirds of which are parents with kids uh, 17 or under in the home. Uh, and we focus on uh, trying to improve the quality of education academically, uh, getting rid of the indoctrination, supporting um, school choice for competition against public schools, and uh, things of that order. So uh, we've got a tall order and uh, lots of work to do. Well, but also should be acknowledged for the tremendous gains that you've made for kids in public schools. Right now, Florida's ranked number one, and I guess in some ways you could say that means we're the best of the worst if you take a look at the global scale. But uh, nevertheless, yesterday, uh, the national news was that 13-year-olds in math and reading, their scores fell to the lowest level in decades. And uh, I wonder if this is symptomatic of what's happening uh, here in Florida, or what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it is uh, very misleading, uh, and you mentioned that we are ranked number one on education freedom, and I don't want to take anything away from the legislature and what politicians have done here in the state uh, in the last legislative cycle, but at the same time, parents and grandparents really need to understand. Uh, you mentioned uh, internationally, uh, over the last 30 years, Florida, or the U.S., has dropped from the t- top 10 nations in reading and math to the mid-30s. Mm. So, I mean, and then you hear that Florida, um, you know, ranks number three or four on some stats and number one on education freedom. But you have to understand uh, that ranking by U.S. News and World Report on education freedom. Also, the same organization uh, uh, does an in-depth study of, uh, of Florida's uh, high school reading and math scores, and 50% of our kids can now read and do math at grade level on national tests. Wow. Uh, and so let's talk about that a minute. You know, we've got, most people are familiar with the ACT and the SAT. Yeah. First of all, they're common core tests. Florida ranks 40th on the ACT. Um, if you look at the SAT, uh, Florida ranks uh, 44th. So when you hear that uh, uh, we're, we're doing great things in education, there were some really good things that happened in the last cycle, but they're not manifesting themselves in academic improvements in quality. Now, you had, uh, you had mentioned, Keith, that the uh, those tests were linked to Common Core. 
we dropped Common Core well, at least five years ago, and I don't recall the date, but uh, and thanks in part to your hard work and your influence. But uh, does that uh, lack of linkage then mean that our students just aren't performing well on those tests? Well, it, it took, um, I think, uh, it, and it gets a bit complicated. We did, and we were very involved in rewriting the, and getting rid of Common Core standards. Yeah. But those textbooks that we've been buying uh, over the last four years are still Common Core textbooks. Wow. Um, and, and, and Common Core is still, if you look at uh, the Florida Department of Education, there are 20 tests out there that, um, um, you know, kids in public schools and private schools can take, uh, 17 of them are still Common Core compliant tests. That's a separate so, conversation. I mean, that should not be happening. That's a separate yeah. conversation. Yeah, there's no question. So the, the point I'm making is, um, you know, we, we, the propaganda machine is in full tilt, yeah. and parents and grandparents really need to understand the underlying uh, facts. And we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and and in our view, it means parents taking responsibility and, frankly, getting your kids out of government schools. And uh, we have a major program that we've started this year to help parents start uh, micro schools, uh, minis and co-ops. Um, take control of your child's, uh, your children's education. Uh, that's part of the equation. Uh, we're going to continue to put, uh, you know, put pressure and work at the legislative level to try to improve com- competition. But uh, parents really need to understand what's going on. And, uh, and again, uh, 50% of our kids on U.S. News and World Report uh, national study cannot read and do math at grade level. Uh, 75% of our third graders last year on the state test by the DOE, these are not our numbers, they're their numbers, 75% of our third graders can't read at a proficiency level four or five. Yeah. They never recover. No. So, um, you know, some good things did happen this last legislative cycle, uh, particularly in the parents' rights area and, uh, you know, the, the transgender uh, stuff that took place. Um, the legislature passed a bill that requires phonics now and prohibits whole, whole sight reading, which is, uh, you know, been part of uh, No Child Left Behind and Common Core for many years. Uh, so there's some good things but they really slow to take effect, and uh, there's lots of work to be done, I guess is my message. So, uh, Keith, from a legislative point of view, and I know that you're an advocate for kids in Florida public schools, uh, what are some of your priorities in the next legislative session? Well, it's going to be interesting with the governor running for, uh, uh, for president um, and all of the things they did do this year. My guess is it's going to be a pretty slow um, uh, not much happening in the edu- in the education world in the next cycle, but uh, we're going to try to focus on uh, getting rid of the sexually explicit material. Uh, we still want an opt-in versus an opt-out. Um, we're going to try to improve House Bill 1, which is the school choice bill, which took away the education freedom of the homeschool market. Uh, we're going to try to get the HOPE scholarship expanded so that uh, parents leaving the public school uh, can use those t- to, to uh, homeschool their child under Florida homeschool law. So we, we've got a, a, a draft that we've been working on, and we'll be putting publishing that uh, probably in the next couple weeks. Um, we're going to try to get uh, social-emotional learning defined in law and then, pro- and then prohibited. 
Um, you know, most people don't understand what social emotional learning is. It sounds like a, a pretty uh, cool thing, but uh, very simply, social emotional learning is uh, teaching kids that there are no absolute truths, only your personal feelings and facts don't matter. Yeah. Uh, oh. When you when you teach that, start teaching that principle to kindergartners, and you wonder uh, you wonder why as they as the public school as they progress through public school system. Uh, you know, uh, the results are are, are t- t- terrible outcomes. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm sounding pessimistic. I think we, we have got some uh, work to do, but I think the real answer strategically over the, over the long haul is, uh, you know, privatizing education and getting kids out of uh, the, the, those Marxist-driven government schools. And parents taking advantage of the opportunities they have right now to get their kids in the best possible learning situation. And it's, it takes, first of all, making sure that you understand what the law is, but second of all, doing something about it and uh, not going along with the, with the flow. Again, uh, the Florida Citizens Alliance, the website, I hope you'll check it out, goflca.com, goflca.com. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here in the show and your advocacy here for public education of Florida. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome. Have a great week. I rest your week and weekend, Bob. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. 
<clears throat> changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And I hope you'll check out the website, get some tickets, to get some great performances coming up. Visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He's the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. We've been around since 1977, and we advocate individual liberty in all areas of human endeavor, which we means we want there to be a government, but we want it to be small. We want it to protect your right to life, liberty, and property from force and fraud. And we otherwise want it to leave you alone to live your life however you want, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. A very noble purpose, and I certainly support the Cato Institute. C-A-T-O dot org is the website. So it was reported yesterday that a group of health experts said American, uh, Americans aged 19 to 64 should be screened for anxiety because we seem to have somewhat of an epidemic of anxiety here in our society. And, uh, you know, of course, regulations stand in the way of people getting treatment sometimes for what they need. And uh, you, you provided me some information, really interesting information, about uh, uh, prescribing psychologists. Maybe you can tell us about it. Right. So psychologists, they go to uh, school for 8 to 12 years. They learn how to provide talk therapy uh, and other services to uh, patients in, in, in need of mental health care. And uh, when a patient requires uh, some sort of psychotropic medication, antidepressant, mood stabilizer, antipsychotics as an adjunct to the talk therapy that they're receiving, the psychologist has to refer that patient to uh, a, a physi physician or someone else with prescribing authority. States generally, most states prohibit psychologists from prescribing those medications themselves. So you got to send the patient to maybe a psychiatrist or maybe a a primary care physician, or in some cases, a physician assistant or nurse practitioner who has that sort of prescribing authority. But there's there's a problem. A lot of uh, uh, primary care physicians and uh, and and uh, other and prescribing mid level clinicians don't have uh, their practices set up for that sort of care. Psychiatrists do, uh, and uh, but they're very short supply. Uh, the number of psychiatrists in the United States is about 16.6 uh, per 100,000 people, and various uh, government organizations and others produce studies saying, you know what, that's just not enough to meet the, uh, the mental health needs of the populace. And that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of government regulation that is prohibiting uh, clinical psychologists from helping to meet that need, and it's a, it's really sort of ironic and perverse because uh, if you think about it, uh, and this is a point that a colleague of mine who's done a lot of work on this uh, issue makes. His name is Dr. Jeffrey Singer. He's a general surgeon in Arizona, and he says that uh, according to the government, he can go ahead and prescribe whatever psychotropic medications he wants to patients. There's nothing. There's no government regulation stopping him from doing that because he has an MD and. He could, the government lets him prescribe whatever he wants. So he, the government doesn't stop him from prescribing these medications uh, to mental health patients, but it does stop 
licensed clinical psychologists from doing so, uh, even though they know more about mental health care and they know more about these medications than uh, than a general surgeon does. Well, the proof of the and, pudding is the proof of the pudding is in in the tasting, and uh, in the information that you provided me on this. The results from uh, psychologists making prescription recommendations are, for example, reducing suicide rates by five to seven percent. That's right. So what 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 has happened in about five states by now, and what began actually in the Department of Defense mm-hmm. was was the idea that wait maybe we can let these psychologists prescribe. So uh, at DoD they gave. A uh, group of psychologists, a couple of extra years of training in, in uh, the treatment of mental illness with psychotropic medications, and every physician and you know, psychiatrist, another physician that worked with these people went through the program, said that it, it, it worked swimmingly. I mean, it expanded access to care, and so a number of uh, and and they all performed competently. A number of states went ahead and uh, deregulated the uh, psychologist profession by doing the same thing, basically allowing them to get additional uh, training. And then if they did, removing the barriers to them prescribing medications uh, to these patients. And this study that you mentioned looked at Louisiana and New Mexico, who are two of the five states that have allowed what we call prescribing psychologists. And uh, this study estimates that just expanding access to mental care and uh, access to medication in this way re- uh, correlated with a five to seven five to seven percentage point reduction in uh, mortality due to suicide. And, and here's and, the interesting thing, Michael. I just like to underscore that because it's so important. It's not like the results were no worse or <laughs> they were equal to. They were better <laughs> than than uh, uh, the uh, normal or uh, the uh, population of people who are prescribing uh, medications for suicide. So, in other words, the results were better, and uh, you know that's that's a real win for the populace. It is, and this is so, this is emblematic. This is a, this is representative of what happens when the government regulates entry into the medical professions. Yeah, it's not the, the stated purpose of clinician licensing. Uh, the government saying who can, what sort of clinician categories can exist and what sort of education you need to do each and what sort of tasks they can perform. The stated purpose of all of these regulations is to improve the quality of care that people receive. Right. And in some cases, may, maybe they are keeping quacks out of the, the profession. But mostly what these regulations do is they erect higher and higher barriers to entry into these professions. The people who are in the professions uh, want to maintain those barriers, uh, want to even increase them because that increases their incomes. Always in the name of quality, by the way. Of course. Absolutely. But when you raise the cost of entering these professions, you are raising the cost of care for people. You are creating shortages. Uh, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of people can't get in to see a psychiatrist or they have to wait months to do it. Right. And, and so if the government just didn't... Uh, insert itself in these decisions in the first place, what you would have is innovation with different ways of providing care to people, making it less expensive, making it more accessible, like prescribing psychologists that would be getting people the care that they need. And you would have 
better access to higher quality care than if the government uh, if the government had never intervened at all. And I think this study is an example of that. Absolutely. You know, I had a friend who had a <clears throat> problem with his uh, oxygen supply for, for, for another medical reason. But uh, went to, the nurse said, my goodness, you, your oxygen is way low. And she had to go find a pulmonologist uh, in order to get a prescription for for oxygen, <laughs> so, I mean, she should have been able to. She, she said, "You need to be on oxygen right now." Uh, she, you know, why have to go get a doctor? Why not be able to do to create that opportunity for her to make, be the professional there? Everybody has a fundamental right to make their own medical decisions. Right. That includes uh, the right to decide what medicines to put in your body. And the government doesn't have a legitimate power to stop you from doing that. But it also includes the right to choose your provider and choose whose advice you're going to take right. before you make those decisions. And when the government licenses clinicians, it is saying, no, 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 we're going to choose these providers for you. We're going we're gonna to make it illegal for you to consult with some people, illegal for them to provide you advice, illegal for you to get the medications that they uh, – that they uh, prescribe for you. And so what we're really talking about here is a fundamental human right when it comes to our healthcare, and that is the right to make our own health decisions. You know, it's such an interesting conversation. Again, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. I hope you check out cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Michael, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Wednesday through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., Lulabee's Diner and the Green Tree Shopping Center are serving a great dinner, a great menu. Uh, Linda and I were there last night. It was just fantastic. I hope you'll check it out. Lulabee's Diner and the Green Tree Shopping Center, Saturday, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. For uh, now, they also serve a great breakfast and lunch as well. We have the Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Uh, there's less than belief. Um, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and U.S. is hurtling in the wrong direction. It certainly is, but you're giving it the, your best effort, and we appreciate it. And by the way, yeah. Seton is in uh, Belize, which I find fascinating. I even experienced it. It's maybe a touch of envy. <laughs> It's, it's it's pretty nice, and no one no one here thinks men can get pregnant. And eighty five feet of Caribbean sea frontage lot is ten dollars a year in property taxes, and I can go on from there. Uh, that's pretty cool. So you wrote a really interesting piece. Uh, Biden promised to cure cancer. His FTC is blocking cancer cure progress. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, of course, I immediately, at the, at the time that Biden said he was going to cure cancer in his first term, I laughed and laughed and laughed because, of course, any entity that's $32 plus trillion in debt is probably not who I'm going to look to for a cancer cure. <laughs> um, uh, but that being said, and of course, we know what government-funded science looks like. It looks like the COVID pandemic. It doesn't look like a cancer cure. Right. Um, now, that being said, what's going on is in the private sector, which is where all the good stuff happens, uh, there's a company called Grail that seems to have developed a blood test where they can predetermine before you actually have cancer that you're far more likely to get cancer. This is, of course, uh, a result of genetic research and that sort of thing, but it's also person-specific. It's not just gee, your parents got cancer, so you're probably going to get cancer. It's you-specific. They right. test your blood and say, <clears throat> hey, you're more likely to have this cancer or that cancer or whatever. It's a phenomenal thing, but right now it's a boutique It's a boutique practice because it's, uh, it's very hard to get, get the test out there. Well, there's a company called Illumina that makes the machine that executes the test. So the two companies got together and wanted to merge. Makes sense to me. Now, the mergers I want the uh, FTC blocking, and I'm not, I'm not a conservative in the old school, mindless, I haven't paid attention to big tech in the last 20 years uh, mode. I, you, know, you changed your mind, sir. Yes, because the facts on the ground dictated it. Why didn't you? Um, so I, you know, if two companies may dominate the X market 
and then they're going to merge and monopolize the X market, I'm opposed to that merger. Right. There is, there is none of those components in this merger. This is one company that does X, another company that does something completely different than X, but it will maximize the availability of X to the, the, the masses, which is the whole point of, as we've discussed many times before, intellectual property protection. Because you you gotta you want to you want to get these products to people, and you want to make it economically viable for the for these people to develop these things and then get in the market. And again, this isn't some stupid big tech social media app. Right. This isn't you know Microsoft buying Activision. This is real me- medical developments that can really help millions and millions of people. And Lena Khan, who's the head of the FTC has opposed it on what appears to be both anti-merger and anti-patent grounds. She said, it's not fair that Grail is the only company that, do- that makes this test. Yes, Ms. Khan, that's called innovation. Well, there's, somebody somebody's, somebody's got to be first, right? <laughs> right. Before there can be, as I said in the piece, before there can be 50 of something, <clears throat> there has to be just one of something. Right. And, and, you know, going from zero to one, there's a book by Peter Thiel called Zero to One, which is brilliant. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of decades making money going from one to two. Hey, we've made money on this in the U.S. Let's make it in China. Let's make it in India. Zero to one. The creation is what's most important. Right. And here this company, Grail, has created something. She opposes the merger because they're the ones that created it, and it's five seconds old. How antithetical to reality is that? And, of course, she opposes the merger because she's opposed to mergers on principle in all cases. It appears from all appearances from what she's done as chairman of the FCC. So I'm pointing out that, one, I tried to look up and see if they patented it. I couldn't find anything specifically. I'm not a patent lawyer diving into the Patent and Trademark Office website and see, you know, look up. But let's let's be realistic. They probably have tons of patents on this thing, right? Right. So this is an anti-patent play. And, of course, it's an anti-free market play. There is no antitrust reason to oppose this merger and yet she is. Well, you know, here's the thing. She's committed to an ideology. She's committed to an idea. And she's totally blind to the realities. Instead of doing the investigation as you have, and you're, again, are not an attorney, but uh, nevertheless, uh, she's supposed to be representing the interests of the American people. But basically, she's saying, I don't like uh, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, so I, um, I'm against them in principle. And this, this should not happen. Right. I'm, I'm against A. This is part. This is an A, so I'm against it. Right. No, no thought applied. No, no, and an, an analysis conducted. It's just it's a merger. I'm opposed. And again, she's attacking it on patent grounds too. Well, they're the only ones that do it. Yes, because they invented it five seconds ago, Miss <laughs> John. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's just so on its surface stupid. Yeah. You know, to say something like that. Uh, they're the only ones that do it. Yes. Clown show. It's the same reason Google Google gets to protect its search engine algorithm. Well, yeah, and here's the th- yeah, here's the thing: is we, we're not talking about a convenience. We're talking about a cure for cancer. For crying that, out loud, that's what I said. Yeah, I mean, this isn't act. You know, look, I, I, she wants to make a big show of opposing Activision, which is a gaming company being acquired by Microsoft. Does that really affect anybody's lives? I mean, please, no. this is serious business. We're making serious progress on a pretty serious disease, and they're opposing it because they're the only ones that do it, and it's a merger, and they don't like mergers. 
Yeah, this is just a really great uh, research and, and investigation on this. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you check out lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help create strategies to help elected officials have winning strategies in the uh, legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Hey Bob, it's uh, always my pleasure. Uh, I look forward to look forward to my Thursdays with you. I do too. <laughs> and one of the things I really appreciate is uh, you're now no longer serving as mayor, but you're staying right on top of what's happening and what's going on in the Paradise Coast. And well, <laughs> we, we we give it a try. We give it our best shot anyway. They, they're kind of a tough bunch to to uh, <laughs> to do that with. I'll tell you because they're all over the place. But yeah. I I will. Um, will tell you that yesterday's meeting started at 8.30 in the morning, and um, by 8.30 last night, they were at uh, wit's end. Um, uh, they were tired. They wanted to go home. That's their last meeting before they break um, till August. Um, they left 
stuff on the table um, that just got postponed. Um, and the biggest thing was they they wasted. I, I would tell you yesterday, Bob, that I've I've seen a lot of meetings that in that twelve hours, if you ask me what they accomplished, I would really and truly have a hard time giving you a straight answer. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm serious, and and Heitman was just absolutely, the mayor was just absolutely off the off the wall yesterday. Um, they got she got onto a or they uh, with with McCabe got onto a thing about underground parking garages, okay, uh-huh. which we've been doing for for quite a number of years, and it's not like Naples is loaded with every other street is an underground parking garage, right. So she comes up with something, and she says, well, there's there's no code for these. There's no code. We can't do these anymore. I can't believe we've been doing these for all these years with no code. And so the, uh, the council said, well, what do you mean? She says, well, everything we do has to have a code. Um, and, and we got locked into this, okay, <clears throat> arguing with the city attorney and uh, with the city manager, and she was, they were trying to give the city manager direction um of what to do over the over the summer break with a lot of items okay yeah but specifically with this underground she's got it in her head with this underground parking garage um of that we cannot do any more of these um then she wants she wants every one of the applications if there are any to come directly to council okay um and kind of go to staff and then to council but kind of not leaving it to the city manager. Uh, they want, she wants council to deal with these. Um, and it was like, it was like watching, we, we, Chris and I were watching this um, last night, and, and it was like, um, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Bob, I'll, I'll keep this one on the short side. You know that no matter how many councils, and this goes back a ways, uh, even before my time, when council gets um, um, a project, a, a developer comes in, they submit all the papers, the, the process, the staff goes through everything. The staff makes recommendations to council, okay? Yeah. Um, council, in the charter, it says council's responsibilities set the policy, um, and the staff will carry it out. City manager and staff will carry it out. And they are, are subverting by taking things and saying, no, we, we, we want to let staff look at it, but we want it directly. Um, and so with, with this underground garage, she, she was just, I mean, if you ever had a chance to go on and watch NaplesGov.com and watch that meeting yesterday and watch at least just the last hour of it, um, you wouldn't believe it. So uh, they are on break, and um, they left a bunch of dining outdoor dining um, issues on the table that won't be dealt with now until August. Don't worry about the poor people that need them done. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, and they had over, I think they had 40 items on the agenda yesterday. Wow. You know, Bill, if, if you think about it, I mean, uh, let's bypass our staff. Let's have everything <laughs> presented to the city council with their, their vast <laughs> amount of knowledge about engineering and <laughs> And city right. planning. Right. We'll have these people get the information first. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I, I really said to, to take the city manager out of, out of any picture is absurd. Okay, 
um, uh, let, let staff do this and present to us, uh, and they can. Um, they, they don't need the city manager to do that. And um, and like you said, it's it's. Um, well, I, I said to Chris one time last night. I said, "What do they need a staff for at all? Yeah, why not just have every every item come right to council? Because <laughs> micro micromanagement in is a magnitude micromanagement." I mean, they just, uh, and McCabe was on a roll. He was arguing with, with John Pasadomo uh, about a, a, a dining one, and because of a rule back in 2012 that was passed, they have to go by that, and it was just nasty. Wow. I mean, it just wasn't, a, was not a fun thing to watch, and if, he, if someone watched that and said, that's business as usual, I mean, the, you know, it's a good thing it's an election year coming up. I, I see some changes. I certainly hope so. I mean, <clears throat> I think what this demonstrates is a lack of respect for staff, a lack of respect for the support and the resources that have been provided to city council in order to make good decisions. And uh, it, it's a waste of time and a waste of resources. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ab- absolutely. Just um, just, just uh, uh, unreal. So they're gone now for a while, and staff hopefully can catch up and... Uh, do the things that they do when council's not there, um, and and um, when they come back, it'll be interesting uh, to see the direction they take. But uh, at least for now, um, <laughs> they're gone till August. Yeah, the staff is breathing with relief, saying, "Now we could finally get yeah. something done." <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, and and Heitman, it's because you know she thanks staff and so we, we sure appreciate you whatever it is but it sure doesn't sound like it yeah Un- insincere i suppose would be a good word um but i i just it's just sad to watch anybody that watched that yesterday just would be shaking their head yeah well i'm certainly glad i didn't and i appreciate you watching it in our behalf so uh well my pleasure yeah <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob, thanks. Have a great weekend. You take care. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a uh, wrap on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We got some great and very interesting guests in tomorrow's show. We're going we're gonna to visit with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We're talking about what's happening on Capitol Hill, and there's a lot. Dr. Marion Mass is an advocate for... Uh, uh, getting the government out of health care. And we're going to be talking about an important issue around uh, prescription drugs. We'll also visit with Ryan Young. He's a senior economist <clears throat> with uh, the uh, Com- Competitive Enterprise Institute. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture uh, and author of many books, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, also, if you enjoy the show, I'll help you pass on the word to your friends and acquaintances. Let them know and uh, support uh, the Bob Harden Show by uh, supporting our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>